0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, get more clients, and monetize. And today, I'm so excited, just like I get excited when we talk to all of our amazing guests. We are going to be talking to Courtney, and we're talking about quality over quantity, mastering brand negotiation, and so much more. You guys know this is going to be a juicy episode. So Courtney, welcome to the Social Media Decoded podcast. I'm so excited to have you today.
1: Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here and like chat all the things. Yes. So why don't you introduce yourself
0: and let us know more about your business and how you got started?
1: Yeah, of course. So my name is Courtney Bagby Lupillen, and I'm the founder and CEO of Little Red Management, which is a management company that mostly manages reality stars. I also do manage some other talent. But I manage their brand partnership. So I'm negotiating all day long with your favorite brands um, and how they can work with clients of mine from my clients or talent. So talent of mine um, for their brand. So I also got started about four and a half years ago. I can't believe it. It's already been four and a half years. But I always had a love for reality TV. And I feel like I could go down this whole rabbit hole of like how I got started and stuff. But honestly, long story short is that I'm just a huge fangirl at heart and like would slide into the DMs of multiple creators and talent that I loved and um, would sort of connect with them that way. I also worked at a talent agency for about a year before I started my business where I was able to sort of learn more of the behind the scenes, I should say. Um, and I they worked with more Michelle like a listers and other like actors and actresses. And I just really always wanted to work with reality TV people because that's the, the sort of talent that I knew and loved and watched. Um, so that's how I ended up working in with reality TV stars and sort of starting Little Red Management.
0: Ooh, so juicy. And I love just hearing other people's stories of how they got started. And it's just always so exciting to learn about that. So cool story. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. It's just so interesting. I just love, love, love all things. And I used to watch a lot of reality TV. Not not so more now, but I definitely, like, I am a millennial. So it's so many re- reality TV shows, like back in the day, the real world and all these things. So They humble beginnings, right? Humble beginnings.
1: There's probably too many for you to even keep track of at this point because I know that I feel that way.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I want to talk about quality over quantity because a lot of people focus on, oh my God, I need all these people, right? And so when it comes to followers on social media, many people believe that follower count is like the primary main thing that they should be focused on, which is probably not, right? And if especially with influencer marketing. So let's talk about micro influencers and nano influences and some of your clients who are making money in that area and they don't have like hundreds of thousands of followers
1: yeah well i think it's hard because michelle there's there's so many different things that you can get out of content creators at this point right like there's like every brand and company has their own goals so like If you need more content to use in paid ads, maybe, or just want more people out there promoting your brand, because that can kind of help with word of mouth and brand awareness as well, then that's when you're maybe working with more micro creators, where it's more about the content they're creating and the high quality content, and maybe using that content in their ads and, and even on their Instagram, right, like organically, Versus paying top dollar
0: for a macro creator, yeah, and I, I definitely get that. And so brands like are really brands are really doing more when it comes to influencer marketing. I want to say that it's still so new, and people feel like there's there may not be enough time for them, or there may be so many other people doing something like this. What do you say to somebody who's feeling that way, like that yeah. is too oversaturated?
1: look, advertising in general, in general is oversaturated. People are throwing ads. I heard some crazy statistic and I wish I remembered it right now, but it was something about like a normal consumer or person is thrown like thousands of ads a day. I mean, there's something crazy like that. Like whether you're walking outside or scrolling Instagram or driving to the mail, right? Like to the post office, like, no matter where you are, there are ads in front of you. And it's always going to be oversaturated, there's always going to be so much. I think the biggest point is, is like figuring out who your consumer is, and how you're going to be able to target them the most cost efficiently, right? Like, and, and be able to have those resources for it too. Because I also think that there's something to be said about like, knowing like you can't you don't want to just throw money at influencers to throw money like oh let me just try this like no like you have to be very strategic in the fact that like if you're going to put money into influencer marketing that you're going to be able to measure it right because like without being able to measure it it's like are you even spending ad dollars right like so I think that the biggest thing is is that make sure that you have make sure that you're able to feel educated enough before you're just putting money in influencer marketing or honestly any advertising in in general because i think that a lot of people just sort of throw money places on on meta or tiktok and like oh let me just do this and like they don't have someone educated enough to like tell them if that's the right move you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah Definitely, definitely. But that's some good tips, and I hope that you all were taking notes. Gems always being dropped on the Social Media Decoded podcast. So, Courtney, thank you so much for those gems. So, I want to talk about negotiations, right? Because we have these brand deals, and we want to negotiate, and we may not know how to do that. So, what are some of your top tips for negotiating brand deals to create strong, mutually beneficial relationships? Because I'm sure that there's many of times where it's like focus so much on the creator and not so much on the brand or vice versa. So what do you? Ha- what are some tips that you have about building those mutually beneficial relationships and how can the creators implement it today?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is building the relationship with the manager or the creator in some capacity, right? Because a lot of the times like I know that if I'm working with someone, and I've actually said this before, like if I'm working with someone over and over again and stuff, like I want to make sure that we're working together and we're going to be working together long-term. Like my goal is always a long-term relationship versus a one-off post, you know? So like I want to understand their goals of the campaign in order to figure out how we can best work together. You know, at the end of the day, like Michelle we are, especially Little Red Management, like we're a management company. So a lot of talent, you know, a lot of brands go through an agency to then book our talent, because the agency is more responsible for the creative and coming up with those sort of things and negotiating. But I think that my number one thing is, is like, figure out where the common ground is, and what your goals are. Because like, I, I am definitely that manager that like, I won't like if they're if they're overpricing, right? Like I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, like you're overpricing. But like I will be a little worried for them of like how how they're gonna move forward, you know? Like, because I'm not an agency, like I'm not gonna be like, wait, no, like what are you gonna do? Um, which is like maybe kind of bad, Michelle, but at the same time, like they're coming to book my talent. And so, like, I'm giving them a rate. And if they're like, overpaying, like, I don't know why they're doing that, you know. Um, But I think that the number one thing with negotiations is like, also like laying your cards on the table and being like, this is what I have. Like, do you think I could work with three people for this one person, whatever, and like, having that open dialogue. Um, And also like that trust with that person that they're not going to like, oversell too because like some people like an agency told me that recently like Courtney I'm scared if I tell you the budget like you'll just take up the whole amount I'm like well no like because I want to get I want to work with you for as long as we can and for as many people so if you tell me hey we have ten thousand dollars like but I need three creators on this I'm gonna figure out how you, we can do that you know Um, And if you're like, I have $10,000, like, do you think that's too much or too little? Like, I'm just going to send who I think would do it for $10,000, you know? So that's kind of long story, right?
0: No, but that's a good that's a good view. Because I think we forget like budgets and all these things it matters and sometimes brands may not be in a place to hire an influencer that may have 100,000 followers but we can work with micro influencers you know and get even even as much reach if you would have thought like some 100,000 if you work with them you may not get no reach so it just really depends like on the person on their true audience on the influence that they actually have like and what they've built with their
1: community Well, and I think, Michelle, what I've noticed more and more and what I'm trying to even teach my team about is if someone goes, you know, sometimes I'll pitch people with 100,000 followers and they'll go, oh, no, we don't have budget for that. And I'm like, well, no, like, tell me what your budget is. If it's $1,000 per TikTok, $500 per TikTok, whatever it is, communicate that to me because I'll send you people based on the brand and the product that it is, I'll send you people that will do that right. You know, like, like, yes, will that person sometimes be $3,000 for a TikTok, and then they would do this for $500? Maybe? Yes. But like, it all just depends on this, the brand that it is. And like, the creative too. at the end of the day, and if they like want to work with them. So I always like, I always dislike when it's sort of like, you know, closed off of like, oh, they're too expensive for me or whatever. I'm like, no, like, tell me what you have. And like, let's figure out how we can work it together. Or I'll send you a list of people that are willing to do that right, you know. And especially like, it always depends how busy they are or not, you know, like, there's so many different factors. But I always like to like, have those open conversations of like, just tell me like what you could do. And all like, I want to make sure that it's a good deal for you too. And also make sure that my clients like, the ones that like that they'll still feel like it's fair, you know, like I'm not going to pitch people that won't like that offer, you know?
0: Definitely. This brings up another another question that I do have. Yeah. I I've worked in influencer marketing as well, so I know like putting together campaigns like this can take a long time. When should brands even think about reaching out to influencers to work on campaigns. Like if you have a product launch coming up and you need influencers to help you with your launch, how soon should you be thinking about working with influencers or reaching out?
1: I saw that as like a question recently too that was like sort of in one of the Facebook groups I'm a part of. And it's so interesting because I have people that reach out six months from now, you know? And I also have people that reach out a week from now trying to get something live, right? Like let me use budget before end of month. Like, that's a thing too. So I think that, you know, is the question, is it ever too early? I don't know. I don't really think so. I mean, I'm always shocked, Michelle, if people actually have the bandwidth to start six months ahead of time, right? And getting things locked in six months ahead of time. But if you have the bandwidth to do that, like, I don't think it's too early because before you know it, you know, you're booked up and I know the talent of mine that are really busy are always booked up, you know, a month ahead of time, two months ahead of time. So I do think, you know, the safety net, I feel like is always, if you can give talent at least four weeks, right, from like sending content, that's great. My other rule of thumb, Michelle, um, is my clients like to have at least, I would say not all of them, but most of them like to have the product in their hand for at least a week or two. Before creating content so that they can try it, or just gives them time to do that, right, and create content. So I do love that rule of thumb too, like making sure that they have product for a week or so beforehand. And honestly, if you can send them product before even when you're negotiating, I think that's even better too, because you can start getting the product to them.
0: Oh, these are some really good tips. And I am I'm excited. Thank you for sharing this and clearing the air and letting us know, like, really what we should be, like, for thinking ahead, what we should be thinking about, and all the things. So thank you so much. Of course. So. This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, one of my favorite sections. It's the books and resources section. So have there been any books or resources that have helped you along your entrepreneur journey and or that have helped your clients that you think anyone listening would really benefit from? Because we love books. We have Libby. We love Audible. We love all the things. So we are here for the resources.
1: You know, it's so funny, because I am not a reader. So y'all get mad at me that I don't have any books. But podcasts, I really, like, I think I more so look more towards like entrepreneur and like managing people, like managing employees. Um, When I look to like resources, so I love like How I Built This by Guy Raz. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's definitely an amazing podcast just talking entrepreneurs and how they started. Um, And I always learn some sort of tips and tricks there. Um, I also love, I feel like I always get confused how to say it. So um, Barbara Cochran from Shark Tank, I think that's how you say it. She has a really good podcast on like how to manage people and like, tips and tricks that like entrepreneurs always ask her. So I love that too. She has like a question and answer section. Um, but I feel like those are the two that come to mind. I would love, I'm going to like look back, Michelle, at your other resources because I would love for some more like social media aspect um, resources and also like talent management resources because I think that that would be super helpful or like the art of negotiation or something <laughs> I think that's is a book maybe I don't know yes but no we love podcasts too so thank you so much for
0: sharing those podcasts so yes we are open to amazing podcasts that we can listen to I did not know Barbara had a podcast we would definitely check that out it was and thank great. you so much for sharing that of course yeah We will definitely check that out. But this has been such a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on and dropping all the gems. But definitely before we head out, can you let us know where can we find you online? If we want to know more about influencer marketing, what you have going on in your world, definitely let us know.
1: Yeah, of course. So my Instagram is at Courtney Bagby for now until I change my last name since I just got married like two months ago. Thank you. So it's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-B-A-G-B-Y. But I also um, put some social media tips and stuff on my Little Red MGMT Instagram page. So Little Red MGMT. And you can see like some of the cool campaigns that I've done. And also like some tips that I like to give brands and talent. Sometimes they're mostly for talent, but I would say brands can uh, learn too from them.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the social media decoded podcast and letting us know all the amazingness about Influencer marketing is not overcrowded. We don't need 100,000 followers. We can totally be influencers, work with brands and work with amazing people like you who can help us work with the brands that we want to work with. So thank you for doing this work. And I I know for a fact that it's important and that influencer marketing is still so fresh and new. So we still have lots and lots of ways to go. Um, If you're listening and you're like, I want to get into this, there's still time and it's not oversaturated. You can, you can go in any different lane, right? It's so many different lanes. So thank you so much. This has been such an amazing episode. And we will talk to you all in the next one. Peace. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in into today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.